Hey folks, I'm Gary and welcome to another edition of What's Next Now, where we talk about improving human connection across all your digital platforms and in person. And I am so excited to have on the show today, my friend, Lindsay Bacardo. Hey, Lindsay, and welcome. Hi, Gary. Thank you so much for having me. This is the highlight of my day. (laughs) I'm thrilled about that. It is for me too, actually. I was checking out the landing page on your website, and I love how simple and direct and meaningful your tagline is, bringing generations together using humor, vulnerable stories, and a bit of nostalgia to help teams work better together. Yeah. It's, it's just delightful. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I mean, that really is, at the end of the day, what I'm excited about and That's why I'm so glad we're having these conversations because this generational divide, whether it's, you know, people perceive it or they jump into the memes about it, it is creating another layer of bias at work that does not need to be there. That isn't helpful. So I'm excited to talk about that and to help us all see the beauty in each other. Oh, man, (laughs) I'm ready to jump in with you. I thought it would be fun, though, just for to to recount for just a second how we met. And I wanted to just tell a short story. So I was um, I was in the process of recertifying my International Coaching Federation PCC level coaching. And I was looking through a catalog online of a bunch of webinars and seminars to take. And I came across yours, the title of which was Generational Coaching. Why can't we all just get along? (laughs) And I was like, I, I haven't met this person yet, but I definitely like her and would love to geek out with her around, you know, some of the original research done by Schumann and Scott and the Pew Research publishes about generational differences and your take on it, which is really more about generational similarities. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted to start off and have some fun with you and just figure out maybe you could tell us what first attracted you or pulled you into generational differences and and similarities was was there something that happened in your life that drew you in this direction and to this topic oh yeah that's a great question and it's kind of curious because you know sometimes you stumble backwards into something that you actually find really interesting and in my early 20s after college I had a degree in psychology although I loved sociology and anthropology that those are my jams and After college, I decided that I wanted to play in a band and travel the world. And the band happened to be, have a mission mindset around sharing um, hope with people and sharing about connection and all these things. And so part of what we would research is humans and what kind Mm. of songs and what kind of songs do people want to hear that bring them hope? How do we write songs around that? And then also how do we market? So think this is like, 2006, 2007, 2008, Spotify isn't there quite yet. And right. we also, nobody's like buying CDs anymore. So we are like, we got to figure out what is this tech revolution that we're in? How are we going to get our message out as a band? So we found ourselves reading books about technology and then finding ourselves reading books about generations. What's going on with college students these days? Why do they think like we think? And that's how I came across Jean Twins, who is a researcher out of California, who's done a lot of work on generations. And so I started to read. And at the time, we were reading about millennials because they were still in college. And I'm a millennial, too. And we started to learn, oh, they really were parented different. Oh, they really were raised different. Oh, they have a different mentality. 
around work. Oh, this is fascinating. And so in my effort to be a relevant musician and bandmate, I ended up learning about all of this. It's that's kind so of cool. interesting. That's that's so cool. And it's also it also says a lot about you back then and today, I'm sure. Uh, about how interested you were to understand what drives people, what motivates people. Like, I can't imagine that, you know, I don't, I've never heard the story of any classic rock bands, indie bands, or whatever style of music you like, where they got into studying what their audiences would want. But maybe yeah. they did when they wrote songs. Maybe they thought, oh, what's going to appeal to, to, to people today? Exactly. I mean, I'm just, and that's part of definitely, that's through my whole childhood, this, curiosity around people and why we make the choices we do. So we just had a curious way about us and found out a lot of interesting information. So after I left the road, I went back to school for coaching to study what motivates people, why they think they, the way that they do, why they make the decisions they do. And I started right out of coaching school, coaching millennials around their career, uh, Unleash My Careers, the program that I designed for them. And that's how I ended up actually inside of organizations and as a keynote speaker, because Millennials start to pick up on what I was training them in, what I was teaching them in, and they would bring it to their leaders, their VPs, their C-suite leaders, and their C-suite leaders would say, come in and talk to us over lunch. And I'd sit in their conference room and they would drill me. What's so different about these millennials? Why We got the ping pong table, but nobody's using it. Why isn't this working? <laughs> and I started to explain and unpack what was really happening inside of their organization, the leadership change that's happening, leadership, what I call evolution that's happening right now. And you could see the light bulbs start going off. And so me, I started to say, I can keynote about this. I can talk about this all day. It's fascinating. I'm in. That's how I got to this point. Very just really following my own curiosity and energy around these concepts. So from, you know, kind of a grunge rock and roll band or whatever, to studying people and intrinsic curiosity from, you know, psychology and anthropology, to writing music to saying, oh, my gosh, there's something here. So so off you go and here you are. That's right. One of the things that stood out to me in in the webinar that I, uh, the seminar that I took from you was you're calling out something around psychological development or developmental phrases Mm -hmm. as more of a connection between the generations versus a, um, a conflict between the generations. Could you say a little bit more about that? Oh, I love that. Yes. So Eric Erickson, there's a lot of developmental psychologists, but Eric Erickson is one of my favorites. And he talks about the different stages that we go through in the human experience. And sometimes we've looked back at 20 somethings, especially when millennials were in their twenties, in their early twenties. And we'd say, "Uh Oh, we've got a whole generation of narcissists. They're so (laughs) self-focused. They're so, you know, engaged around what matters to them. They're not really thinking about the rest of the world. And But then if you go back and look in popular culture and research, guess what they said about boomers? Uh Uh-oh, you know, they're not going to do any work. They're not. And we started to see over every single generation, when that generation is in their 20s, doesn't matter if it's 1920 or 2020, we look at a 20-year-old and we say, you're going to mess it all up. You're not responsible. You're not empathetic. You don't understand how society works. And so what we found is that generational labels were being used to create a bias around a whole group of people when it was really simply developmental. When right. 21 is 20, they are selfish. That is how they are. Their brain development tells us 
based on their own prefrontal cortex and the way that our brains develop, we're still growing in and filling in our frontal lobe right. in our 20s. And so in that frontal lobe where executive function is happening, you're building empathy, you're understanding how your behavior affects the outcome, you're understanding how to communicate in a way that other people can understand and follow, you're learning how to plan better. Right. So if you're hiring a 22-year-old, you're going to see these behaviors because they're 22, not because they're a Gen Z or because they're a millennial, simply because that's where they're at in life. Yeah, that is just so relieving to hear as a manager and and as a person who is always wanting to improve how I communicate with people of all ages, that in a way, this whole generational labeling thing is is relevant, but it's also irrelevant because it's more about human function and where people are, as you said, at, at their period of development in their life. And, you know, once you leave home at age 18, you're still not done growing literally in terms of your brain function and your psychological development. That's it. You said it better than I did. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. Speaking of development and millennials and Xers and boomers in the workforce, I'm a late boomer kind of at the tail end of the boomer generation. And, And I really enjoy the diversity of viewpoint and approach on the team I lead at Google, which is, as best I can tell, made up of I uh, like three millennials and five Xers. Mm-hmm. So what do you think are the keys to success in a situation like this? And then I have a follow-on question, but let me just pause there. And, you know, given that profile, what would you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you already do this so well, Gary, but listening is the first key to success and being mindful of our own biases and our own perspective that we bring to the table. It could be about their age. It could be about, Um, their gender could be about a million things, but being mindful that our team is different than us. And that's actually a good thing. Mm. And there's diversity of thought and richness of experience that a blended team brings to the table. We also know that teams that have over a 25 year span in their age gap, when you have like a 25 year old and a 50 year old, or a 30-year-old and a 55-year-old, and you have 25-year spans, you're twice as likely to make helpful decisions and produce products that are, yes. So you've got a better team, essentially, that's going to be twice as likely to produce at a level that's satisfactory, that works for the rest of Google. So you really need this. It's It's not an obstacle. It is the way of work together. And so listening is so key to that. And You know, when you look over generations, part of what we notice is that millennials tend to want to collaborate and they grew up in a time where their leaders came down to their level. There wasn't as much authority in the school system. Then you take a boomer and they say, hey, you know, my principal would hit me if I was bad. My parents would hit me like I have a high view of authority. Millennials have a low view of authority. And so even knowing on your team that each person has a different view and perspective on what authority means, on what collaborating means. And we've got to have conversations around that. Yeah, that's so true. That has literally been my experience. And it makes being a leader or a manager much more rich and much more involved in order to treat each person as they are my customer. And I need to understand their needs, sometimes with the characteristics that 
are indicative of their generational period, the 20 years that make up the most formative period of their of their life and their experiences around music and art and politics and mm-hmm. war and peace and all those things which constitute a generation. That's exactly right. You know, most of the people who I work with or for at Google are Gen Xers or millennials, not all of them. You know, there's there's definitely boomers like me. And, and as you said, there's a great diversity of thought. It spans 20 to 25 years for sure. But I'm moving on in my career. And so what I bring to the table in terms of experience and wisdom and point of view is valued in a somewhat expanding but different way for me and and others in my particular cohort. So kind of like passing a baton, Mm-hmm. What advice would you have for each successive generation, down to the individual, to stay energized and relevant if they want to stay in the game with the generations that are following them? That is such a good question because I see sometimes that older generations actually feel threatened by younger generations in the workforce for right. a bunch for a lot of reasons, right? Because technology is changing so quick and it's it's so hard to keep up. Or they feel like, well, I'm going to lose my job and somebody younger, some young buck's going to come in. And, and so I think the most important thing is to hold on to your perspective as somebody who's a seasoned leader and remember that your voice actually weighs very heavily in the room. And so when Gary tells a 25-year-old, hey, I see so much potential in you, here are three things that I know are going to shape your career that you are incredible at. Mm. That changes the trajectory of somebody's life, you know? And so remember that when you live more life, let's just talk developmentally, you see through things quicker. And, And women tell me this who are, who once you pass like the 40 age mark and then the 50 age mark, you don't care what people think as much and you see through it. You know, you see through drama, you're able to see the world more clearly And your voice is loud in our ears. So what are you doing with it? What kind of legacy do you want to leave? Do you want to be the type of leader that breathed life into people? Or do you want to be the type of leader that speaks doubt, discouragement, frustration with the next generation? The archetype that you decide to be in other people's lives matters. Are you going to be the Yoda or are you going to be their arch nemesis? That's your choice. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to hold on to that power as you continue to grow and see younger generations come in. Wow. That is a wonderful encapsulation of what I'm actually experiencing. Mm -hmm. And it it feels like a great privilege to be at this point and take that point of view to help other people. It just feels like a great privilege to be able to do that. One thing that's kind of related to that when you mentioned the, the wisdom or the experience that people in older generations, it's just so weird for me to say that since I'm in the boomer generation, like I just do not think of myself <laughs> as old at all. So it's just it's just a weird thing to say. But anyways, I was reading something and I forget the guy's first name. He's done a lot of retreats. Uh, it'll come back to me. But anyways, he talks about the difference between liquid and crystalline intelligence. And liquid intelligence is what we draw on frequently throughout our day to do a lot of context switching between tasks shift to this, shift to that, work a little bit on this project, check my phone, you know, do a chat, do a, do a video, blah, 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 blah. And then the crystalline intelligence is that sort of layered intelligence, like layers in a crystal that mm-hmm. build up over time from which wisdom comes, evolves, or sits atop of. Yes. And 
they're both needed. And, and as we get um, a little bit more seasoned in our careers, we develop more crystalline intelligence. And I feel like a crystal with light shining through me right now. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly it. That's so well said. And that is what you have to offer when you have more life experience. You have this perspective and this layered type of intelligence that is truly immeasurable. And when we hold on to that and we recognize that, we show up different. Right. Versus feeling victimized by the world changing so quickly. And I do acknowledge this though, because I think it's important, Gary, to say we are in a technological revolution. Mm -hmm. I mean, your whole company, Google, is now a verb. Everybody knows what it means to Google something. Oh, definitely. You know, we were born into a tech revolution with phones on the wall of the house, if we were lucky. And you and I will, our whole lifespan will be in the middle of this. And you know, maybe in 15 years, Gary, my car will drive me to spend time with you or I can just hologram in. That is our whole lifespan will look like this. Absolutely. And I think it's that piece is important to acknowledge that. And this is probably where that liquid intelligence comes into play, that the technology is constantly changing and adapting. And that is hard on the human psyche. That yeah. can be tiring. And so it's almost I've had to just acknowledge this is the time and the season in world history that I was born into. What right. am I going to do with it? Oh, man, what a great attitude. Golly day. That is just, just what, what can, you know, you don't have a choice. It's like you can either retreat or you can go boldly forth and, and grab it and keep learning and keep growing and, you know, keep your brain young by continuing to do that. You got um, it. I feel like I could talk to you for like a couple of hours, Lindsay, and <laughs> I might have to have you back on the show. And, and certainly I would hope that yes. maybe we can do some stuff together one day in the future. By the way, uh, that car that can drive you to my house, that's available right now. We're not that many years away from the hologram. So, but I'd rather be with you in person and be with people <laughs> in person. That, Isn't uh, that wild though? Yeah, it's it is it is nuts. <laughs> I see kids, I see parents who are strolling their kids, you know, three to eight year olds, and the kids are engrossed in the device in front of them. And I think, well, that's how they're growing up. Like, not only are they beyond Gen Z, they're they're true digital natives. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just uh, it's interesting what that will foretell for human connection. But you know, we'll 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 deal with that and tackle that. Uh, in a couple of years, I'm sure. That's exactly right. And I think that's the right mentality to have to, of course, we have judgment around it, Gary, because it's different than how we grow up. If you knew how often I said, oh, I'm so glad I didn't grow up with smartphones, you know, to deal with the bullying and all of that. It's easy to have judgment around what's good and bad for us. And of course, the American Psychological Association has given warnings and talked about how technology affects our development. And we are changing the way that we connect and the, the way that we communicate is changing rapidly. So it's kind of, and I hear you doing this, holding all of that intention and just living in the moment of here we are, we'll deal with the next problem when it comes, when yeah. it presents itself. Yeah, that's, that's all you can do. That's kind of a piece of, you know, what's behind what's next now, because we'll, we'll you know, what's next, we'll get, we'll get to it when it comes and we'll take a little peek ahead at it from where we are today. But today we are in today and uh, 
Lindsay, it has just been awesome to have you on the show. I think people listening to this episode are just going to get a ton out of it. If they want to reach back out and connect with you, what's the best way to do that? I love that. Yeah. Well, I'm embarrassingly easy to find (laughs) online. (laughs) I I mean, I'm very proud of my name, but if you just Google my name, everything that I do will come up immediately. So if you're a LinkedIn person, join me on LinkedIn. My name is easy to find. If you want to go to my website and find out more, you can do that. Um, You can find me on almost any social platform at this point. So simply Google my name and you can pick which way you'd like to connect. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Let me just spell that out real fast for people. It's Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y and Bacardo, B-O-C-C-A-R-D-O, B-O-C-C-A-R-D-O. So yeah, so there you have it in case you want to, in case you want to connect up with Lindsay and uh, again, Lindsay, gratitude and thanks for being on the show today. Loved having you and look forward to what we do together soon. Me too. Thank you so much, Gary. 